0: Welcome back to the Listener's Commentary on the New Testament. In this recording, we are going to be wrapping up Paul's letter to Titus. And before we jump into that, I just wanted to let you know that uh, on the Listener's Commentary website, listenerscommentary.com, there is a free e-book Uh, uh, called Bible and Life. It gives 10 strategies for engaging with the Bible. Five for helping you really dig in and understand the Bible. Five for uh, five different practices for really helping you uh, put the Bible into practice in your life, internalizing it into your heart and all of that. So it's called Bible and Life, completely free. Just need to put your uh, name and email address in there. You'll get instant access to that free ebook. So uh, check that out if that sounds helpful to you. All right, we are going to be looking at Titus chapter 3, verses 12 through 15, the last few verses of the letter. Now, in the last recording, we wrapped up the body of the letter. And here what we have are final personal matters as Paul wraps up this letter. But within these personal matters, Paul mentions... Uh, The major theme of the letter, again, and gives us a chance to reflect on that as we wind this letter down. And so, chapter 3, verse 12, begins with final greetings and personal matters this way. When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, make every effort to come to me at Nicopolis, for I've decided to spend the winter there. And so, as Paul wraps up the letter, he mentions a little bit of his plans And what he's thinking about. he hasn't quite decided who's going to replace Titus on the island of Crete. It's either going to be a guy named Artemis or Tychicus. And he's not sure which. Tychicus is well known from uh, Paul's other letters. He's worked with Paul for quite a while. He was actually the mail carrier, the letter carrier for Ephesians and Colossians. Uh, We see him mentioned in 1 Timothy as the one that was sent to replace Timothy in Ephesus. And so if Titus and 1 Timothy were written around the same time, as most scholars believe, then Paul must have decided to send Tychicus to Ephesus and Artemis to replace Titus on the island of Crete. We're not 100% certain, but that is likely what came about. And and if that's the case, we know nothing about Artemis. He's not mentioned anywhere else in Paul's writings. Uh, We don't see him mentioned in the book of Acts. And so we don't know who Artemis is. Uh, But it seems like there's a good chance he's the one that was sent to replace Titus on the island of Crete. And when that happens, Paul wants Titus to meet up with him in a city called Nicopolis. Uh, Nicopolis is actually on the west coast of mainland Greece. It's just a little bit northwest of Athens. And so Paul has decided to winter there. And this this suggests that either Paul wrote the letter of Titus while on his way there and sent it, or from there and inviting uh, Titus to come when finally his replacement was sent to him. Paul then continues in verse 13 with another little personal detail of importance. It says this, verse 13, diligently help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way so that nothing is lacking for them. And what probably lies behind this is that they are the letter carriers. That's what it sounds like. So they are coming to Titus. They're probably the ones bringing the letter. So it sounds like they're heading somewhere that would take them at least in the area of Crete. And so Paul has decided to have them bring this letter to Titus and then for Titus to help them on their way wherever they're going. And so Paul is encouraging Titus... And by extension, the churches there on the island of Crete to uh, assist Zenus the lawyer and Apollos wherever they are going. Who's Zenus? Well, we don't know anything more about Zenus other than what Paul says here that he is a lawyer. And Paul often mentions professionals by their titles, for example, Luke the physician, Erastus the city treasurer. And so, Zenus, all we know about him is he's some. Uh, some Christian, maybe he has been a co-worker with, with Paul for a while. Or maybe he's a co-worker with Apollos. And and he, along with Apollos, are heading Titus's way. Who's Apollos? Well, Ap- presumably, he's the well-known Apollos, the one we meet in Acts 18, the one we read about in 1 Corinthians 1 and 3 and chapter 16, verse 12. He's the Apollos from Alexandria with great... Uh, preaching skills and oratorical skills it's probably that apollos who is a a seems like a prominent christian teacher and preacher in the same era as paul and so that's probably apollos so zenas and apollos are bringing the letter it seems to titus and titus is being commissioned to give them whatever they need for the rest of their journey the note about helping zenas and apollos then Uh, their travels, leads Paul to restate a major theme of the whole letter. So look at verse 14. It says, Our people must also learn to engage in good deeds, to meet pressing needs, so that they will not be unproductive. And in a lot of ways, this is almost an exact restatement of verse 8 above, where Paul says, engage in good deeds. That phrase shows up there and shows up here. And here, engaging in good deeds is amplified to meeting pressing needs, like Zenas and Apollos will have some needs for their journeys. Meet those needs. Uh, do what you can to help people out. And this helps us see that good deeds is not just Being a decent human or, you know, being morally upright, it includes that, but it's also being benevolent and helpful, meeting needs. And so when uh, Paul tells the Christians to do good there on the island of Crete, he means don't just be good moral people, he also means be benevolent, be kind-hearted, be helpful, meet the needs in your community and of the people around you. And that's what he wants uh, them to do for Zenus and Apollos. And it leads here in verse 14 to this moment to restate this important theme of the letter. And notice he says, so that they will not be unproductive. He doesn't want them to slip into this tendency to just coast. He doesn't want them to sort of live out the stereotype that we've seen early in the letter of Cretans, that they are lazy and selfish and evil. Don't be unproductive. He wants them to be fruitful. So do good deeds, meet needs, and that way you will be productive and fruitful. With that then, Paul wraps up the letter with greetings by saying in verse 15, All who are with me greet you. And so Paul's co-workers and colleagues and friends send greetings to Titus. And Paul then says, Greet those who love us in the faith. So greet all the believers there on Crete who love us in the faith in the Messiah. And then the sign of grace be with you all. And with that, Paul wraps up his letter to Titus. And so before we leave this letter, let me just... uh, Review this theme of good deeds as we just reflected on it. We saw it throughout the letter that he wants them to do good, to be benevolent, to be helpful, and to do good deeds. And one of the major reasons for that throughout the letter, and it's implicit here in verse 14, is he doesn't want them to bring disgrace or shame on the gospel and on Jesus. He wants instead for them to do good so that, as he repeated multiple times in chapter 2, they'll have nothing bad to say about us, that they will, ad- their good deeds will adorn the teaching about God, our Savior, in every respect. And so Jesus, by his grace, is forming a people who are eager for good deeds, as Paul said again in chapter 2. And this really is at the heart of this letter. And so Paul is giving instructions here to Titus to establish these churches, to set them in order, to make sure they're focused on not only doing what's right and believing the truth, but engaging in good deeds amongst themselves, caring for each other and in their communities, so that the end effect will be that the gospel of Christ um, has credibility in town and in every way, as he uses the word, is adorned by their good deeds. And so may that be true of them. But also may it be true of us that in our churches as Christians, our good deeds, our helpfulness, our kindheartedness, our benevolence makes us uh, the best neighbors and makes us upstanding citizens, makes us people who it's like even if they think our beliefs are odd and our ethics are weird, that we are people who's like, yeah, but they're such good neighbors and they're so helpful and they're such good people. May it be so of us so that we too can adorn the teaching about God. All right, that wraps up our study of the letter of Titus here on the Listener's Commentary. The Listener's Commentary is a listener-supported, crowdfunded Bible teaching ministry that is made possible by the generous support of people just like you. So, to those of you who have made this commentary possible by your financial support and your prayers, thanks a ton for your support. And if you have been blessed or impacted in some way by the listener's commentary, could I just ask you to prayerfully consider joining the team of supporters Uh, so that this ministry could continue to grow and increase? Also, could I ask you to rate and review the commentary on your podcast player in some sort of mystical digital age sort of way, That really does help people discover things like this. And so if it's been a blessing to you, would you share it on your uh, channels through your email list and rate and review it on your podcast player so that more and more people can uh, find and study the Bible along with us here on the Listener's Commentary. Thanks a ton for your support.